is Today in History, January the 12th. On this day in 1773, the first public museum in America was organized in Charleston, South Carolina. And in 1828, the United States and Mexico signed a Treaty of Limits, defining the boundary between the two countries to be the same as the one established in 1819 with the U.S. and Spain. Also on this day in 1932, Hattie Carraway became the first woman elected to the U.S. Senate after initially being appointed to serve out the remainder of the term of her late husband Thaddeus. Also on this day in 1904, Henry Ford sets a land speed record of 91 miles per hour on the frozen surface of Michigan's Lake St. Clair. He was driving a four-wheel vehicle dubbed the 999 with a wooden chassis but no body or hood. Ford's record was broken within a month at Ormond Beach, Florida by a driver named William Vanderbilt. Even so, the publicity surrounding Ford's achievement was valuable to to the auto pioneer, who in June of the previous year had incorporated the Ford Motor Company. Also on this day in 1926, the original Amos and Andy debuts on Chicago radio. Henry, do you have tooth that's about to kill me? I ain't never had a toothache like this before. Well, there's the dentist's office. Let's open the door and get on in there. Come on in there with me now, Henry. Stick with me now. Take off your hat now. Take off your hat. It sure do smell funny in here, don't it? It smells dangerous to me. The two-man comedy series Sam and Henry debuts on WGN. And two years later, after changing its name to Amos and Andy, the show becomes one of the most popular radio programs in American history. Though the creators and the stars of the new radio program, Freeman Godston and Charles Carell, were both white, the characters they played were two black men from the Deep South who moved to Chicago to seek their fortunes. By that time... White actors performing in dark stage makeup or blackface had been a significant tradition in American theater for over 100 years. Godston and Carroll, both vaudeville performers, were doing a Chicago comedy act in blackface when an employee at the Chicago Tribune suggested they create a radio show. When it debuted, it became an immediate hit. And in 1951, when Amos and Andy came to television, changing attitudes about race and concerns over racism had virtually wiped out the practice of blackface. With Alvin Childress and Spencer Williams taking over for Godston and Carell, the show was the first ever TV series to feature an all-black cast, and the only one of its kind for the next 20 years. But this did not stop African-American advocacy groups and eventually the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People from criticizing both the radio and TV versions of Amos and Andy for promoting racial stereotypes. These protests led to the show's cancellation in 1953. The final radio broadcast of Amos and Andy aired on November the 25th, 1960. Also on this day in 1969, in the most celebrated performance of his prolific career, quarterback Joe Namath leads the New York Jets to a stunning 16-7 victory over the heavily favored Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl III held in Miami. The game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. They have upset the Baltimore Colts and beat them handily here today. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those, Those were the, the days. days. 
Also on this day in 1971, the groundbreaking situation comedy All in the Family premieres on CBS television. All in the Family was produced by Norman Lear and Bud Yorkin, starring Carol O'Connor, Gene Stapleton, Sally Struthers, and Rob Reiner. The show revolved around the life of a working-class bigot and his family. The show broke ground on its depiction of issues previously considered unsuitable for network television, such as racism, infidelity, homosexuality, women's liberation, rape, religion, miscarriages, abortion, breast cancer, the Vietnam War, menopause, and impotence. Why, the answers are all right here in this sculpture. Take, for instance, what this represents. This here is the struggle of the races, man's inhumanity to man, yet through it all, the shining hope of a new brotherhood, see? (laughs) The girl has gone base. I'm all alone here. I'm all alone in this house. Isn't anybody else interested in upholding standards? Our world is coming crumbling down. Through depicting these controversial issues, the series became arguably one of television's most influential comedic programs as it injected the sitcom format with the more dramatic moments and the realistic topical conflicts. And on this day in 1959, Barry Gordy founds Motown. I got a job. Motown is an American record company founded by Barry Gordy on this day back in 1959 and was incorporated as Motown Record Corporation back in 1960. During the 1960s, Motown achieved spectacular success for a small record company with 79 records in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 record chart between 1960 and 1969. Following the events of the Detroit riots of 1967 and the loss of key songwriting production team Holland Dozier Holland. In the same year over pay disputes, Gordy began relocating Motown to Los Angeles. The move was then completed in 1972. Barry Gordy's first signed act was the Matadors, who immediately changed their name to the Miracles. Their first release, Got a Job, was an answer record to the silhouettes Get a Job. first minor hit was their fourth single, Bad Girl, released in Detroit as a debut record on the Motown imprint and nationally on the Chess label. Miracle's lead singer William Smokey Robinson became the vice president of the company. The Motown Sound, Marvin Gaye, The Supremes, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, Stevie Wonder, The Four Tops, The Commodores, Mary Wells, The Marvelettes, and many, many more from Hitsville, U.S. USA, Detroit, Michigan, Motown, founded January the 12th, 1959, on this day in history.